0: Welcome to Around the Table. I'm your host, Bryson Zdobert. How are we doing? Good. Good. You had a fun weekend? Yeah, I think so. You think so? How do you not know?
1: You know, relative to other weekends, yeah, it was pretty fun.
0: Okay. What did you think about the uh, the football slate?
1: Um, All in all, I thought college football was really good. Uh, Not a ton of close games, but it ended up working out. Obviously, a drama-filled weekend, um, but the coaching news and then... Professional football, pretty good, I think. Um, Bills game was pretty close, so yeah, I, yeah. I think there were some good games. I think the Chiefs game was at the very least, you know, eventful. High <laughs> scoring, holy cow!
0: Uh, okay, let's get into the takeaways. College football, um, NFL, five on five. You, you want to get it started off here? Sure. Clemson is back, um, not
1: just to the contending for ACC championships. All that sort of thing. Last year, obviously, they go, I think, 9-3, and three, correct? With the win in the bowl uh, game, 10-3? and three?
0: They were either 10-3 and three or 9-4. and four. I think 10-3. It's 10-3, you're right. Yep. Um,
1: and Got to 10 wins. And eked into the top 25, I think, at the end of the season. Didn't play a very hard schedule. The point is this. They underperformed from preseason expectations as, I think, a top 10 or at least top 5, top Maybe 5 or at top least five. top 10 uh, team in the country. And so I thought the leap forward, and I think a lot of people thought the leap forward was be all right. Well, they will instead of going from nine and three, they'll probably play in the ACC championship game. Maybe lose, win, but at the end of the day, they're going you know Orange Bowl probably. You know, I mean, I it wasn't the expectation was not all right one year and then uh, college football playoff. Actually, for me it was because I'm a genius, but for most people it was not. I mean, yeah, I was
0: gonna say I think we both had Clemson in our yeah, college I'd, football
1: I'd playoff at eleven and one, but. Clemson has totally rebounded. Uh, offense looks fantastic after a really slow start to the season. Dabo continued to rely on DJ Uyungle. He's been absolutely fantastic. And I said on this podcast, I said, Clemson is the best team in the ACC, but they're not leaps and bounds better. I mean, I yeah. thought NC State would keep that game within three three or four points it would be a low-scoring defensive game, and Clemson separation amongst the ACC would be this much. But they play NC State. Not only did they beat them, they are up three scores in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's not even drama yeah. in the fourth quarter of a Clemson game. I watched that game thinking it would take me back to you know 2012, 2013, 2014 Clemson that you know won the ACC and you know made it to the Orange Bowl, or you know that won the ACC and made it to the Chick Fil A Bowl. No. It reminded me of the 2016 team that beat the heck out of ACC contenders and come playoff time, you know, were as fearsome a competitor as any. So not only are they not, I thought they would be back to 2012, 2014 Clemson. No, they're back to 2016, 2018 Clemson. I'm talking national championship winning Clemson. Uh, This is a for real team. Um, 30 points, offense pretty much answered every single question I had about it. Red zone maybe is the only concern, but
0: other than that, They are a for-real team. Uh, My first takeaway. uh, People are talking about how college football is dying, and I don't see it. Parody is on a level uh, that I don't remember. I mean, when you talk about, and this could just be the AP poll being terrible at its job and ranking the top 25 teams to start this season and subsequent weeks after that. But We've had a it, what feels like a record number of top 25 upsets. I mean, when you talk about how many teams in the top 25 this week that lost, I, I think the number was like eight I think it was somewhere around there uh, in terms of lost and that were in like the back half of it in the 15 to 25 range. I mean, it was absolute chaos in the back end. Obviously, you had NC State losing to another ranked opponent. Uh, same with um, Florida State. Uh, but all those teams lost, and all of a sudden, we Arkansas. have a complete Arkansas is another one. We have a completely new top 25, it feels like. Um, hey, uh, what? Baylor's another. Which brings me to this point. Four obviously isn't enough because we saw with Georgia uh, being held to 26 points and, and not having a lead until the end of the game against Missouri, college football is a lot more uh, even than we thought. 12 still isn't enough. I and mean, We've talked about this already. You have to make a bigger expansion than 12 because those teams in the back end are absolutely going to be able to compete with those teams at the top. Uh, we saw it this weekend... Kentucky Ole Miss, Uh, those two teams aren't great, but like in terms of in terms of examples, uh, but that was a that was a three point game. You're gonna get that with an expanded playoff. Uh, Alabama Arkansas, uh, that game was a little bit weird. We don't think Arkansas is a top twenty five team. We don't know probably where we'd rank them. Probably outside in the forties range, like. Low thirties, yeah. I would say, um, but they they once Bryce Young got hurt, they actually came back, and so uh, Alabama is beatable. And it turns out Bryce Young is really the only thing that's keeping that team afloat. For um, takeaway, I kind of disagree, but you, you do. I I completely once 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 Bryce Young got hurt, that game completely flipped momentum. They actually
1: started to have momentum once, or right before Bryce Young got hurt, and then I think when he actually exited the game. Um, I mean, they their offense didn't even touch the ball until it was like twenty eight seventeen. I think because I mean, it was twenty it was twenty eight nothing when he
0: was in the game. Then it was twenty twenty eight twenty three. Arkansas scores twenty three unanswered points. I, I don't know. I think I think Bryce Young is is the reason that that offense is what it is. Um, so long story short, college football is perfectly fine, guys. Uh, I I don't know why we keep ringing the bell that oh my gosh, the rich are only going to get richer. That might be the case, but. You have to look at recruiting or development. Uh, coaches in college football, they uh, across the country. There are great coaches, and it's about developing talent more so than getting good talent. Because you get good talent and can't do anything with it, then you, there, you have a ceiling. Whereas if you get guys who are maybe three stars, you know, lower four stars, but you develop them, there there really is no ceiling as long as you know they have some baseline athletic traits, which I guess the five stars have more often than the three or four stars. But my point is, is that. 12 isn't enough. College football is perfectly fine. It's actually fantastic in terms of where we are parity-wise. I
1: agree. Uh, College football play, uh, my takeaway pretty much kind of revolves around this. Wisconsin overreacted. So let's take this out bigger to college football. College football, well, at least the reason why everyone's – well. The thing that pe- the that people point to why college football is dying, the the thought behind that is the ratings are down, yeah. Um, and that comes from, I think, partially parity. I do actually because, um, especially in the national championship, I think college football playoff national championship, we've had so many games that are just absolute blowouts because yep. these teams have a month to prepare and yep. I mean, whatever. You know, I'm going into the weeds, but um, the point is. There's not enough big games. I mean, I think that's obvious. And, you know, part of the way to combat that is you expand the college football playoff. Expand it to 32, teams will be much more likely. Like, think about this. Texas loses to Alabama. They have one more loss. They're done. And they did. They lost to Texas Tech. Their season's over. Why would they ever want to do that again? Play Alabama in the non-conference yeah. in a fourteen team playoff. Twelve-team playoff, their season is still very, very alive. 32-team playoff, it is still very, very alive. This, so I think yesterday, as you said, it proved why we should go from 4 to 12 at the very least. I think Wisconsin firing their head coach proved why we need to go from 12 to 32. Um, Wisconsin, Paul Christ, head coach. Oh, by the way, let me just slip this in here real quick. 32nd team could never beat number one. You really think the 32nd best team in the country could beat one? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) LOL. Yes, I do. Missouri was probably, what, 70? 75? If that, they were probably... Maybe scratching 100. And they had a two-possession lead on Georgia in the fourth quarter. Yes, I think the 32nd best team in the country can beat number one. Quit it, people. Wisconsin overreacted, though. Let's kind of unpack this. Um, Paul Christ. I think everyone's aware of his track record. Uh, made two New Year's Six Bowls. Made two Big Ten Championship games. Uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year once or twice, I think, right? Two times. Two times. Um Wisconsin really was has been pretty a pretty good program. I mean, we compare a lot of other programs to Wisconsin. Can they get to a Wisconsin place where it's consistently ten win season? And quite frankly, what caught me off guard is I thought Wisconsin was okay with that. I thought that was kind of what their goal was. They knew who they were and they were willing to stick to it. Paul Chris is the guy that can get us to ten wins and compete for the Big Ten Championship every year, and we're okay with that. I thought that's what it was. I was wrong. Um and they start out one and three. I think there's a lot within this issue, but I think what it really all comes down to is I don't think they make this move if we're at a twelve team or even thirty two team playoff. Um I think if it is twelve teams, Wisconsin's in the college football playoff three or four years. Yeah. I really do. Um while Paul Chris was the coach, I mean. As it is now, we've seen it at so many different places it is did you have you made the college football playoff or have you not and if the answer is no we do not care we do not care we saw it last year with Florida and Dan Mullen we saw it the year before with Ed Orscher on and LSU you made the national championship or you won the national championship once congrats what have you done for me lately um and so that's what we're seeing and like until we fix that so many programs are going to be within that window, and yes, 12 will help Wisconsin, but will it help teams like Purdue and Minnesota? No, it's really not going to. I Minnesota
0: mean, would have had one,
1: would they? Um, like Purdue meanwhile, like we'll be at 12. there will be a series of other teams you know that just like probably will just miss 12 year after year and they'll fire yeah. coaches year after year because they're not making yeah. it. You have to expand it so a good chunk of the college football uh, world can call it a successful season. But I'll tell you this, 10% is not enough. I know that. 10% of college football is not enough. And um, that's what we would be looking at with 12 teams. No other organized sport really has that, a 10% playoff rate. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I just think four isn't nearly enough. We know that. I don't think 12 is going to be enough. I mean, no, too many programs not. will call their seasons failures year after year after year after year. And what will happen, coach after coach after coach after coach will be fired.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. bad for the sport. And, and the way you stop in-season firings like Paul Christ, because I feel like Chris was really the only one that didn't make sense to do in-season. Um Colorado has just been a dumpster fire. Arizona State, the same way. Um, I'm missing somebody.
1: Arizona State had to fire her. Yeah.
0: I mean, Scott Frost. Scott, Scott Frost, that's who the, they've been dumpster fires. That makes sense. Firing Paul Chris in the middle of his one bad season at, at Wisconsin seems like seems like an odd move to make. The way you fix that is by moving yeah. back to the National Signing Day, or at least early signing period, just get, getting rid of it. So that way, you have time to go out and, and Find recruits as a new head coach. You're just, you're basically playing from behind the eight ball. It's unbelievable.
1: Nick Saban talked about this. He said this on Coward Show. He said, obviously, you know, um, it's an early signing period, but what ha- what has happened is nobody wants to get caught behind the eight ball, so the early signing period just becomes the new national. It signing is the day. new
0: national signing day.
1: Every it recruit is. wants to sign on early signing day, and so what happens is right after college football season, you have all these coaches who have had you know working their tails off. Yep. Well, they also got to go recruit yep. like that. That happened. That this happens every year before the college football playoff and in between, like the Big Ten championship game, or for example, Jimmy H was recruiting. Yep. It's yep. not right, yep. and he had to. Otherwise, Michigan's going to have a twenty-fifth rank.
0: You know, recruiting. There, class. there is no. You have no choice as a head coach. You have to be recruiting during the season, like you're actively recruiting. It's not. It's not like a. Oh, it's a. It's a steady recruit. You know, you, you invite the guy. You you still keep in touch with. Him. You have to be actively talking to him, basically every single day, if you want. If you want to get him, because uh, yes, they do. We have seen guys flip uh, from their early signing period. Uh, a, you know, at the start of the season, but it doesn't happen very often. It is, it is so they they, they don't decide to transfer until they actually get through like training camp. They're like, oh, oh god, I made a, I made a terrible decision. Also, on top of that, kids are signing way earlier than they should because they feel like they have to. Otherwise, they're not going to get yeah. uh, if they, if they don't sign during the early signing period, their scholarship's going to go to somebody else. And so they feel like they have to make a decision too quickly. They don't they don't really process it all, and so then this is why you get so many people transferring is because one, obviously competition. They don't uh, kids now or athletes now don't want to compete as much because why not just go start somewhere else? Day one, uh, get yourself out there. It is a national game. You, you yes. can play in front of everybody. So no matter where you are. really. So what's too. the use in, in sitting behind somebody? Um, and two is because they, they stepped it way too deep. They, they were in, in the deep end. They threw themselves into the deep end. Were not ready at all. So there's that. My next takeaway The Big 12 is the best top to bottom conference this season. I mean, you talk, they have four teams ranked. Baylor is 26th right now off of AP or 27th off of AP votes. Texas is fantastic when they have Quinn Ewers. We saw it early on in the season. They've been struggling as of late with Hudson Carr or actually Hudson Card played really well against Texas Tech, was the defense that struggled a bit. But once they get Quinn back, I feel like Texas is going to be one of those teams that is just like consistently in the fringe top 10 the rest of the season. Oklahoma obviously started out great and then had some struggles when they actually, when they started to face Big 12 opponents. The only, we talked about this, there's only one free week in in Big 12 play and it's West Virginia. Mm. It helps that there's only 10 teams, but we were going through it. It's like, all of these teams are going to be a tough uh, a tough game. You talk about TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State. Even Kansas has given, you know, Iowa State some fits, now I don't think they're uh, as good as what they're showing um, record-wise. I think they'll probably find their their water, the 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 level pretty soon. But Texas Tech has been pretty solid. Uh, Iowa State is always going to be a tough team. Matt Campbell's a, a really good coach. So you go through all those teams, it's like West Virginia is really the only one that's like they're maybe not a good team. Everybody else is like, you can make a case that they're a good team at the, at the very least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still have questions about Iowa State. I said that in the last episode, and they kind of proved me right a little bit. I mean, they just look bad. But anyway, third takeaway, Alabama will be fine without Bryce, Bryce Young. You don't like this. I don't know
0: about that. I just don't agree. Um, I don't.
1: Bryce Young goes out 14 nothing. Yeah. These are his stats.
0: There's just they're the the thing the thing about it was they were playing the worst defense one of the worst defenses in the SEC and might be the worst in terms of stopping the run. And they put up thirty-five
1: points without Bryce Young. That's that'll do. These are his stats, by the way.
0: It's not gonna happen every week. That's seven my point. Seven for
1: thirteen, hundred and seventy three yards, a touchdown, a pick for Bryce Young. That's fine. Um and uh, Jalen Milroe comes in, and did they catch Arkansas off guard a little bit? They probably didn't game plan for him. Why would they? They didn't expect he would be in the game. Um, but as soon as he gets in, Alabama's offense goes from with Bryce Young interception, touchdown, touchdown, two good drives by the way. Then missed field goal, then a punt, then Jalen Milroe gets in there, touchdown. Alabama, Jameer Gibbs does absolute wonders, touchdown. Alabama halftime, comes out. They have one punt, okay, and then it goes touchdown, Arkansas. Oh, wait, hold on. So they score their touchdown to go up 28-0. Touchdown, Arkansas, end of half, okay. Um, they have one punt. Arkansas gets the ball back. Touchdown, onside kick, field goal. So just like that, it's 28-17. I mean, you know, they uh, Monroe hasn't even touched the ball, and just like that, Arkansas is right back in the game. Yes, they get uh, stopped for a punt, three and out. I'll admit that, but then the punt goes over the punter's head. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, from you know the outside looking in, it looks like oh my gosh, this was this huge meltdown by the Alabama team. But it was just like it
0: kind of by the team, yes. I mean, it wasn't the offense's fault, but you know they were still
1: moving the ball. So obviously, Alabama, or Arkansas scores the touchdown, is the two to get within five. But just like that, bang! Alabama figured it out. It's going to come from Gibbs. But Jameer gives us their running back, fresh from Georgia Tech. But touchdown, 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 three touchdowns in a row. They put the game away. And my takeaway is this. They can figure it out with that sort of offensive format. And really what it has been the whole year with kind of the mediocre wide receivers, which I pointed out after the Texas uh, game, it has been off of the running backs, the running game, and by the way – This is kind of classic Nick Saban offense. You know, when you're going back to his first, you know, kind of earlier years at Alabama, this is how they won. Really good defense, and I believe it's a very talented defense. Um, Fantastic running game. And keep it simple through the passing game. And honestly, Mo is a much, much more dynamic player than half the quarterbacks they had in that earlier run. I mean, when you think about Jake Coker and, um, you know, A.J. McCarron... There's some there's some, you know, Greg McElroy. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of duds in there. Um so I think he will be dyna- he's dynamic enough for them to be absolutely fine without um Bryce Young. But the question will be, you know, can he make the passes? I don't know how much we'll need to. It'll be interesting. I think Tennessee will be a challenge coming up next, but they haven't been great against the run. Their defense hasn't been very great. No. Um and, you know, this kid's a you know high-caliber recruit coming out of high school. I'm, I'll assume he can probably throw the ball pretty good. Anthony Richardson Jr., he struggled. But I think <laughs> Nick Saban, Bill O'Brien, they will do exactly what they need to do to get this guy comfortable, make him, you know, not do too much. They know exactly how to win with a backup quarterback. They have Texas A&M next week who they will absolutely smoke. And then it's at Tennessee. So we'll see how it goes. I think they'll be fine. I don't
0: know. I, I, I just think that they played one of they played Arkansas, who's got a terrible defense. I, I, I don't know if that. I don't think you can look at that game and be like they will be okay. You can say for sure they'll be okay without Bryce Young. I mean, we saw Milrow miss many passes. I mean, they were so one dimensional offensively, but it worked because Arkansas's defense sucks. Well, also, they were trying to protect the lead. That's, the yeah, ball. that's fair. But it, we, the, the one deep pass, he, he had a guy wide open, underthrew it by like five yards, and it got broken up. Um, I, I will, because Texas A&M's defense is statistically better than Arkansas after last week, I'm not sure if it is, after what Mississippi State did to them, um, I, will, I will be interested to see what happens in that game. I think um,
1: also if you look at the numbers like Bryce Young hasn't thrown the ball very much this year because they're trying no, to run the football.
0: It's cuz yeah you're you're right their offensive line isn't great at pass protecting and their wide receivers can't get separation. Yeah. Um but yeah he's the the thing was with him though is he was still able to make the throws because he's such a good passer. He didn't need a bunch of time he didn't need huge windows cuz he could just fit it into the into the tight spots. Um I'm sorry about Minnesota, everybody. Um, I need to put my hand up and apologize. Uh, and we just need to stop talking about the Big West in general, or the Big Ten West in general. It, it just sucks. It's a terrible division. I, I'm sick and tired of... And I, I did it to myself every week. I'm trying to look for who's the contender in the Big Ten West. They, every, every team just isn't that good. It, 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 that's It is what it is. I mean, I... I i 'm crowning Minnesota as the champion, and then they go out and play an absolute stinker against purdue I mean played their and yes they didn 't have Mo Ibrahim and Chris Altman Bell, but they, if those two guys are your entire offense then there 's a serious issue.
1: And as I point out, I mean, Purdue didn't have four or five starters. We've been severely injured since after the Syracuse game.
0: It's just, it's disgusting. It's gross. I don't care who the hell comes out of that division because they're going to get their asses kicked by whoever wins the East. It's just so embarrassing. Uh, The Big Ten really has to fix uh, the divisions right now. And I don't know how Kevin Warren thinks that this is okay. Like, it... He made a he made a statement. I think it was back in 2019 that he thought the divisions were fine, and it's proceeded to it's it's only gotten worse since he made that comment. So I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, it, it,
1: I think part of it might be strategizing, trying to create rivals for some of your new teams within the Big Ten, like in Nebraska, trying to create a rivalry. But they couldn't really anticipate that Nebraska would be this bad for this long. And I think a lot of it is like they know they're getting a lot of ratings, like. Michigan and Ohio State are Big Noon every single Saturday. And
0: why? Because the rest of the conference sucks. Yeah, Like we talked about it. Indiana, Indiana, Michigan is the Big Noon kickoff. (laughs) What in the world? Like how is that the Big Noon kickoff? There's got to be something else. I don't know. It's just the Big Ten West sucks, and whoever wins it is just going to be the best mediocre team.
1: Yeah. I agree. Um, Oklahoma is having an identity crisis. Um, obviously they got absolutely smoked by TCU and it, it's bad, man. It, it it looked bad. I'm a big Brent Venables guy. It was a bad look for me. Um, especially cause you know, I didn't think TCU would be this good this year. Um, Sunny yeah. dykes. so it was just, it was just a bad look for Oklahoma in general. Um, but Why? Because I like Lincoln Riley, too. I'm a Lincoln Riley guy. I think the solution is he It's not like he was recruiting poorly or anything like that. A, he took all of the, you know, a lot of the best players from Oklahoma to USC, and B, they're having an identity crisis. When you go from one coach who is an air raid guy, I am going to throw the ball. I don't care how many points I give up. I'm going to score points, throw the football, do whatever I want, um, to a guy who is... I'm Brent Venables. We are going to play, you know, fundamental, just good defense, um, play really smart, uh, be one of the best defensive teams in the country. It's it's a huge, you know, kind of pivot when you kind of hope to make your money off of your defense and you go from a guy who probably wasn't great at recruiting defense because that's not who he is. It's tough. He doesn't have the yeah. guys right now, you know, and and all these guys are built for this probably really heavy pass scheme, air raid offense. To a you know what Brent Venables, is. and I'm sure he's probably trying to you know run a more Clemson style offense. I don't know what it was OC is, but I think they're in an identity crisis, and it's going to take a year and a half. It's like going from like if let's say. You know, this is a stupid example, but Michael Leach went to Navy. It's like it would be terrible for like the first year and he a can't half. Can make it work it's because Michael Leach, they have guys built to run the triple option. Air raid would be terrible for them. They don't have guys that can even get open. All they're good at is run block. Yeah. So it's hard, and and their O linemen are good for you know, uh, run block as well, not pass block. So it would be extremely difficult, and I think Venables is going through the same thing right now, and it, it might take a while, but I still think he's going to
0: be the guy for Oklahoma. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 not good. Um, I, I don't know what's wrong with the Pac-12. I know what's wrong with the Pac-12. They're stupid, but, like, they have to figure something out because having your two highest-ranked – two of your three highest-ranked teams – USC and Oregon play at ten thirty and eleven o'clock Eastern Time Zone. Eastern Standard Time is not good. It's not good for the conference, and I know USC is leaving. And it's not good for your teams in terms of national media uh, ranking and and recognition. And we we saw it with Christian McCaffrey. He probably should have won the Heisman that year, but he literally was playing at at midnight. Like his games were still going at midnight when everybody on the East Coast was asleep. Where's the majority of the U.S. population located on the East Coast? You have to pander. I I know it sucks because you don't want to be playing all your games at like 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, but you have to pander the East Coast if you want to see. uh, Maybe USC doesn't, but for Oregon, you you have to, if you want to, get those teams in in national media light. People aren't... Able to watch those games, therefore they can't draw conclusions. So, so they just assume the Pac-12 sucks. Hey, I'm just going to rank them a little bit lower than the SEC or the Big Ten because it's the Pac-12. It, something has to change, and I know it's not the Pac-12 entirely. The Pac-12's fault because it is the it is the TV stations and 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 making those decisions. But seriously, I mean to have uh, to have Oregon and Stanford kickoff at eleven is just unacceptable. You can't have that game that late where people on the East Coast from your Stanford all three until until two thirty to watch that game?
1: Yeah, I think the thought process. Well, clearly it's a short term fix for a long term problem for the Pac twelve. Like they are, you know, cash strapped. I'm sure with all these two, you know, UCLA, USC leaving, and so the thought process is we need a way to get on ESPN, ABC. So just put just, a, put on the games that are on the only time slot available,
0: which is ten thirty. It's tough because you're talking about your best team in USC. Uh, you, you stayed up and watched them, but I'm exhausted by the time it comes around because I had stayed up until you know three the night before. I don't want to stay up and watch USC football because I'm not a, I'm not a diehard like you are. Hey, give me a reason to watch USC. Put them in. Put them at a three thirty start, a four a four o'clock start. I mean, local time for us that would be seven. I I would be okay with that. I mean, I would stay up and watch the entire thing. I, where it is right now, I'll, I'll watch maybe a quarter. I, I just I, I just can't. I love Um, college football, but I can't do that two nights in a row.
1: What made me mad really was like the Washington UCLA game starting at like 1030 on a Friday night. Are you yeah. kidding me? You should have all the availability possible. And then the issue is kids are going to have classes at like three and four. So you might yeah. not have the students available, mm-hmm. but like still you could start that game at like 830 Eastern time and have it be 530. Yeah, you know, uh, you can easily make that work. and make it work. I don't get why they don't do that. It, and and so to, sure.
0: to just have games on the Pac-12 network, where it, which nobody gets is just the stupidest thing ever yeah. that I will never understand that. If, if I ever see Oregon, Utah or USC on the PAC 12 network, I'm going to flip my shit because that's just not okay.
1: I, maybe it's because it's like in the infancy, like they put Clemson, Georgia tech immediately on ACC network. Cause it was to like, expand come it. here. Yeah. It's me. You want to watch Clemson. You got to get the ACC network. And people are like, fine. You want to watch USC? You got to get the pac 12 network. But I think after a while, like, Look at the Big 10 network. They hardly put
0: on Big 10 games or Ohio State games or Michigan games. Well, that's anymore. because that's be, Fox. One does. though, the Big 10 network is is available in those media packages. Like when you when you pay for cable, you get the Big 10 network. You yeah, don't have to true. separately buy it. Um, and, and so that that really makes it a lot easier, but yeah, you're right. I guess they they, they haven't really Well, that's because that's because Fox just swoops and is like, yup, "Nope, I'm taking every Ohio State and Michigan game I can." Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, Florida state's culture has not been turned around yet. Um, <laughs> I picked Florida state. I kind of thought that they'd put, and I, I said this after the Louisville game, I watched the whole Louisville game, Florida state at Louisville. Um, I, I think I've watched three full Florida state games this year. Uh, I've seen, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, I, the only games I didn't watch were Duquesne and Boston College. So I've watched every single you know big game Florida State has played in, three of the five, and the one theme in those big, tight games that they actually could have had a chance of losing, i.e. LSU, Louisville, Wake Forest... Penalties and turnovers. Oh, my gosh. When you're trying to turn around a team and, you know, let's say you don't have quite as much talent as maybe you used to or you want to because, you know, it's early in the rebuild. You don't really have your guys completely in there yet. Uh, It takes a while to rebuild build a brand, the one thing you can't do is make the silly little mistakes that a team that's fantastic can't afford to make. You can't. You have to play clean, fundamental football. And this goes to your culture. It does. If, you know, especially for a college football team, like, you have and I mean half, to do the little things right. You cannot turn the ball over. You can't commit stupid penalties. And it's one thing if your guys are getting beat and you're getting called for pass interference penalties because you don't have the guys. They're administrational penalties. Like That's just unacceptable. It's a if lot of
0: false starts. If
1: you're committing false starts and offsides and illegal formation and illegal, mo- whatever it might be, that is unacceptable. You look at the total yards from Florida State Wake Forest. It is pretty much dead even. The difference in that game, Florida State commits 11 penalties. Like, come on, man. 11 penalties for 96 yards to 4 penalties for 40 yards. And Florida State had one turnover. Wake Forest had none. That is the difference in the game. Total yards is 405-393. to 393. Like, it's that simple. You don't commit the turnovers and mistakes and the penalties. You can absolutely win this game. They only lost by two scores, and we're only down 28-21 at one point. They came back all the way to get it down to seven. But... The penalties, the turnovers, all of that stuff that have been plaguing them the rest of the year, got them in the Louisville game that they almost lost. Probably easily could have lost that yeah. game had it not been uh, for some late heroics by Rodemaker, the backup. Um, but yeah, I mean I, that was what was holding me back from saying they were back. Um, and this game, I was like, hey, if they win, you know, they'll probably you know clear up all my concerns about their you know penalties and just mistakes overall. They didn't do it. It's the reason they lost and it's the reason they're not back. They still have a ways to go. I mean, they could still easily be nine and three with, you know, some parts of their schedule being a little bit weak, but holy cow, man. Like they're not back. I think they'll go eight and four. I really do. And that's not that's, that's not, not back bad. for Florida State. That's not bad though. It's not back. They need to go bad eleven and one, I think, for them oh, to be back. That's okay. Especially in the A C C come on. You
0: okay. got no excuse. Okay. Um Michigan's offense hasn't Taken the step that I hoped it would, and this is not negative because they've still looked really good. My only issue is, is that it hasn't looked any different from the offense to the, from the offense last year. They're running the ball the exact same amount. They're not throwing it any more than they did last year. They're not pushing the field as much as I thought they were going to with JJ McCarthy at quarterback. And even when they do, JJ is just overthrowing guys. He cannot for whatever reason this year more so than last year which is crazy because he's finally the starting quarterback he just can't hit a guy down the field he's been great short to intermediate but so is kate and and what jj gives you is athleticism he's able to extend plays which we have seen so far Uh, uh also the read option is a prominent uh factor in the offense it's just the offense hasn't opened up in the way I thought it would. Now, when you have Blake Corum, when you have a Donovan Edwards, maybe it doesn't need to, but I'm just a little bit disappointed because I thought we were going to see a more high-octane, explosive play offense uh, that involved more of the passing game than last year, and right now I haven't seen it. So uh, we'll see if it gets there. J.J.'s young. He, he's still – this. that was his second – no, it was his third start. So I'm not going to – or fourth start. I'm not going to be like, hey, J.J., you're a terrible quarterback. I just I'm I'm waiting for it to finally click because I don't think the full potential has been reached. I think there's still big strides to be made. But once it does, this offense is gonna be scary. I just don't know if if or when that's gonna happen.
1: I think it will. It's just a matter of when, but yeah. I agree. Ready? Yep. The NFL the NFL take Fun NFL week. But here we go. The Ravens are still not dynamic enough in the past game <laughs> win a Super Bowl. Um listen. Lamar's had a great season, and so far at least. A lot of people are kind of crowning him. You know what I mean? This guy's the real deal. Oh, my gosh, he's having an incredible season. Oh, this is fantastic. He's going to be, oh, he's this, he's that. And you know what? I think absolutely he can be a top-ten quarterback in this league. I really do. I think he can even, you know, get close to the top five with how he's played and you know, uh, some of these games so far. But he still has these kind of meltdown games every now and then where he just does not look good as a passer. Um, and, and by the way, as good as he's looked, you know, through four games, he's still averaging 220 yards through the air. That's not great. It's not great through four no. games. He's got 890 yards passing through four games. That's about 222 yards uh, uh, per game through the through the air, um, which is okay. Um, and then you look at, you know, last week's total Yards or you know, yesterday's game against Buffalo 144 total yards, yeah. 20 for 29, has the two picks. Like, it's not good enough. And and I get you know, the wide receivers aren't great, they aren't, but he had guys open. Like, yeah, that I was gonna the say, issue. did
0: he on that drive that they that he missed Mark Andrews? What ended up happening?
1: I have no idea, quite honestly. But the defense that's about as good as you can ask them to do holding that Buffalo offense. It was rainy, which I, yeah, that's true too. But I mean. Two hundred yards against the Jets. Two hundred yards against the Patriots. Well, I was
0: I was talking about the the oh, Bills' yeah. offense yeah. struggling. Um, that could have been the reason why. I don't know.
1: Who knows? But the point being this, like it's 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 ugly. And and the the defense did exactly what you needed them to. They forced a pick first play of the game. You had another twenty three lead. I think almost yep. going into halftime. I think it was twenty ten at halftime. But you had a you know huge lead, three score lead with not much time to go in the first half. And you blew it because you couldn't make the throws when it mattered. I think it partially falls on the wide receivers. Uh, Bateman hasn't been nearly good enough. Did he get injured or something like that? No. He had three catches for 17 yards. I mean, you know, he was a first round pick. It's a lot of projections yeah, but, with him. I but, need to see more.
0: But that's how it's been with him this entire season. Like game one, he had two catches for 59 yards, and one of them was a touchdown. It was a, it was like a 40 some, 50 some yarder. Game number two, it was four catches for 108 yards, and he had like a 76 yard touchdown in there. So it's not like it's not like he was getting a ton of volume. He was just making big plays when he did. So you're going to get games like the three for 17
1: point is, he's got to get open down the field. Um, and as a number one, or what is supposed to be a number one, just, being the— I don't know if
0: they have a number one. Which
1: is the part of the problem. And I think Bateman, if you're going to take him in the first round of the draft, you should better hope he's your going, going to be your number one yep. wide receiver. I mean, otherwise, don't use a first on him. As far as, you know, what actually happened, like, listen— Duvernay's their leading pass Kevin catcher. Duvernay, who was what a fifth, sixth Wait, round not, pick. It's not Mark Andrews. And no, Mark Andrews was terrible. But I mean, <sighs> I guess he got open.
0: But Martin Yeah, I was going to say him. he was he was opening quite a bit.
1: OC not doing a good enough job. J.K. Dobbins is your second leading receiver. Patrick Ricard is your third leading receiver. That seems I actually unreal. like that though. But um, <laughs> it's the
0: gotta truth. Gotta get the fullbacks involved.
1: Lamar did his thing on the ground, and that's good for him. But. I'm telling you, man, 144 yards through the air. And I think I think it'll get better. It was raining, like you said. It's about as bad as it can, you know, bad bad of a circumstance for, you know, a passing offense as possible. But they gotta figure it out. And part of it falls on Lamar, part of it falls on Rashad Bateman. So part of it falls on their O. C. They gotta figure it out though.
0: Yeah, um I had a Ravens takeaway too, so I'm just gonna do it now. The Ravens can't hold on to leads versus good teams and and, and why is that? Because their offense, like you said, isn't dynamic enough, you would think a team that is able to run the ball as well as the Ravens used to be able to at least last year and the year before that would be able to put, a, put away a game with no problem. Their defense is only good enough to hold a team for two, three quarters. They're not going to be able to do it for four. We saw it in the Dolphins game. The Dolphins put up 21 uh, fourth quarter points in order to win that game. Uh, what did the what did the Ravens do? I think they scored three points. Uh, they might not have scored at all in yeah, the in the, in the oh, fourth no, quarter. Yep, didn't score at all in the second half. How about that it, it, in the Dolphins game? No, oh, sorry, I, like I they didn't score, I know they didn't score in the second half in the in the Bills game. It's they, they their offense has to be able to put away teams because their defense is young, one Two, its inexperienced, obviously because it's young, and, and they're putting in a new system with Mike McDonald. Uh, so you have. <laughs> It's on the offense that closes these games out. You can't go stagnant in the second half or in the fourth quarter. They almost blew the lead to the Patriots. We were watching that game because we picked it. And they had a uh, comfortable lead, and then all of a sudden, it's a, tw- it's a 31-25 game. It's like, good Lord, are we doing this again? Uh, the, the one team that they didn't blow a lead against was the Jets because the Jets had Joe Flacco at quarterback. I mean, e- even, the, even the Patriots the Not that he aren't. can't come back from deficit, so that's true. Uh, as even Max Jones and the Patriots aren't a good offense, but they were still they were still able to at least attempt to come back in that game. It, it, it falls upon the offense being able to figure it out, and, and really, it falls on Lamar Jackson being able to close out a game. I mean, you just got to make a couple plays. It, I, I don't know. It's just, it was frustrating to watch. Having picked the Ravens, I felt fantastic about that pick after the first half. I was like, "There's no way this is going and to." And then all of a sudden, it's like. The Ravens, we'll offense, the Ravens offense can't move the ball to save their life, yep. and then their defense is crumbling. Which I'm going to expect their defense to do. It's going to happen. It's just you got to. The offense has to be better than no points in the second half. The 2023
1: draft class will not be the most quarterback heavy, but it will be the most quarterback
0: needy heavy. Draft. Quarterback heavy. There's a, if you have a if you have a if you're a college fan and you have a senior quarterback, he's gone, or a junior quarterback, he's gone too.
1: It will be the most quarterback needy draft in recent memory. Let me just take you through some of these teams who have had quarterback malfunctions to start the season and or have a little bit of questions at quarterback. In other words, they just don't have the answer. Saints, obvious one. They will have to take quarterback. They're going to need quarterback. Colts. I mean, even if Matt Ryan's 30, like he's not the guy. Sam (laughs) Ellinger. No. Uh, Commanders, right? How many many times are we going to... Oh yeah, that was that one is a little bit interesting, but he's still fourth, fifth round picked. Not really the answer for me. <laughs> Giants.
0: So is a guy is a guy the answer based on where he was picked? Sort of. I mean, listen, as of you're, right now, with, with some of those, if with you're some taking guys.
1: or if you thought Sam Howell was your answer, you take him in the first or second round. Let alone the fourth Fair. or fifth. Fair enough. Um, Seahawks. I don't think Geno Smith's the guy, although he's been very good this year. Lions. I know Jared Goff has been very good. Still a little bit of a question. Just based on... Jared Goff's career been a fantastic track record. quarterback. Panthers, Bucks, Texans, question mark, Davis Mills, I don't know. Falcons, question mark, Desmond Ritter, I don't know. 49ers, question mark, Trey Lance, don't know. Jets, question mark, Zach Wilson. Like, when is the when does the clock tick on these guys? Bears, what do you do with Justin Fields? I
0: mean... Zach Wilson, maybe. Justin Fields, it, no quarterback is going to work in that system ever. It's just not going to happen. Trey Lance... He's been hurt. He literally has started like four games. <laughs> Packers. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, you don't want to use a yeah. first-round
1: pick on a quarterback again. Did you again. say Buccaneers? Yeah, I said Buccaneers. Okay, I missed it. I, I know you don't want to use a first-round pick on a quarterback again, but, I mean, Jordan Love, like, he's not the guy. Just treat
0: Jordan Love for a first-rounder. Boom, there and you
1: go. by the way, like, I get the thing about the Bears. Like, I think they just have a bigger need than at quarterback. Quite honestly, any quarterback that comes into that system will probably fail. But, quite honestly, they don't have their guy. I don't no, think they do.
0: Don't Don't extend Justin Fields. Don't, don't 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 even think about that. He is not that guy. But uh, you can't draft a quarterback either because you could put you could put Bryce Young or CJ Stroud there, and it's gonna it's <laughs> gonna look relatively the same.
1: So the point is this: I've got about ten to twelve teams ish. You can take within, off a couple of those within this uh, you know team sequence here that at least is you know has questions about their quarterback, and um, I think a lot of them. Have to look at young quarterback in the draft. At least yep. half of these teams will have to look at quarterback in the draft, and the problem will be, who do you take after C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young? I mean, we both think those guys are going to be the real deal. I certainly do in the pros. Beyond that, we're hearing about Anthony Richardson Jr. We're hearing about Will Levis. Neither guy has been, you know, outrageous. So we're hearing far about Kid McNamara.
0: All. Oh wait, no, we're not hearing we're not. About
1: him. I <laughs> But yeah, we're hearing about a lot of these guys. Devin Leary, even Devin Leary, was just okay against Clemson. He's been I mean, just
0: okay this entire year. Like,
1: I, I just don't, I, I don't know. Um, so we'll see going forward. But and I said this last year in the draft. Um, like even the Titans, like what do they do with Malik Willis? You He's not a I mean? good
0: quarterback. So you should
1: is he is he not going to be the guy? No. But um, a lot of these teams either it, like if if they don't like who they had. Drafted in last year's class, we've seen it before. You know, teams have moved. My point is this: teams, teams have, have moved, moved off quicker, quarterbacks a lot quicker than Looking you know some you of Cardinals. these teams. The Cardinals, Josh Rosen. I don't know how long the the, the the timer lasts there, but if it doesn't last much longer, we are going to have an absolute log jam trying to get two quarterbacks. We'll see.
0: Um, speaking of your stupid lines, take that I just heard. So dumb. Jared Goff has been playing fantastic. We're not drafting a quarterback this year. I'm just
1: saying. I'm just saying you have questions. All
0: right. Uh, I don't have any questions with Jared Goff this year. Okay,
1: so he's the quarterback
0: going forward. Got yes. It. I okay. I will I will take him as the quarterback going forward. Yes. Okay. The Lions are three and one. If they have even a bad defense, I mean, come on. Are you, 48 points to a Geno Smith led Seahawks team? Defense only gave up 41 points. They didn't. They didn't force a stop the entire game. I, there was like there's like four different third and longs that the Seahawks converted like I'm talking like 15 yards that the Seahawks converted it was unbelievable Aaron Glenn is one of the worst coordinators in the NFL you talk about Joe Woods a lot for the for the Browns Aaron Glenn has him beat by a mile I mean this is statistically the worst defense of all time in NFL history this is the worst defense they've given up more points than any other team through the first four games Ever. It's on pace to be the worst defense of all time. And at some point, we have to look at Aaron Glenn as a bat. He came in with some of the highest remarks from coaching staff across the league. It was like, Aaron Glenn is going to be a head coach one day. I don't see it. In the last 10 games that he has been the defensive coordinator of the Lions... The Lions' defense has given up thirty-one and thirty-one point nine points per game. That is abysmal. That is terrible. How how are you considered to be a smart uh, football mind if your defense sucks that bad? And it was and it was the simplest things. It was like draws. It was QB boot. It was the boot rollout pass. Uh, for whatever reason, he refused to make adjustments to the same five plays that the Seahawks were running that kept killing us. It was like, "Hey, linebackers, maybe don't be so overly aggressive and and bite on every single run fake you see." It was, "Hey, defensive end, maybe don't," or he never said, "Hey, maybe defensive end, stay home and stop the 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 leak out from across the formation." It was, I mean, it was abysmal. It was the worst defensive performance I've ever seen from an NFL team. Uh, it, ever, maybe? I mean, we're talking about a Geno Smith. Geno Smith led Seahawks team. Rashad Penny gashed them. I I just, I don't know. It this offense has been fantastic. The best scoring offense in the NFL so far this season. I mean, they've done everything they've needed to. Jared Goff has looked fantastic. I mean, he's looked like a top 10 quarterback by every statistical category. Uh, even with the guys we had out yesterday, we had we were out our top three playmakers offensively, and we still put up 45 points. It's unbelievable how how piss poor Aaron Glenn has done that we've scored 35 points. We've scored 35, 37, 24, then 41 Right, that's right. I think we put up 41. I think it was 40. No, it was, we put up 36. 45. Put up 40. 45. Yeah, against It was 48-45. Yeah. I got it. 36-45 uh 24 and then 35 was was week one. Yeah. And we're one and three. That is just unacceptable. I I it should be 3 and 1 and we should be on a three-game win streak. I there we had no business winning that Eagles game. That was that was a lot of uh, um comeback stuff. We, we we weren't really in control of my game. Uh, obviously, we we won the Commanders game. We absolutely should have won the uh, Vikings game. That, that defense was terrible that last drive. I give I gave Dan Campbell a lot of crap for calling the field goal, but that defense literally was Swiss cheese on that drive. The Vikings, I don't think they had a single play that didn't get yards and, and five yards at that. And then obviously the Seahawks game is unacceptable. I would fire him today if I were um, he hasn't shown me any promise. He hasn't shown the ability to coach guys yeah, we're not the great, the best, the most talented defense. But at the same time, the Texans' defense last year—if you look at their at their roster compared to ours—it's a, it's probably way worse in terms of talent, and they were able to hold teams to uh, substantial, substantially lower point totals. I, I, so I'm just, I'm sick and tired of it. I, yeah, I'm, I would fire him today.
1: Um, Aaron Rodgers needs a better attitude, man. Holy cow, Packers win by the skin of their teeth last. year or yesterday, 27-24 in overtime over the Patriots. Um, And Aaron Rodgers looked okay. Honestly, he looked okay. Uh, Two touchdowns, I think it was. One pick, like 250 yards. Uh, Obviously, the pick six was, you know, the thing that really put them in jeopardy of losing that game. But I kind of handed this uh, in one of the other podcasts. Like, you have younger receivers. Man, alive. Like, stop I feel like every single time a ball isn't completed with whatever wide receiver it is, it's like he's like shaking his head or like, <laughs> or like looking to the side, like, oh, am oh, my, rolling his eyes? Like, come on, bro. You're not, first off, you've missed throws. I was like, going to say, what if, he, what if he's mad at himself? Throws. I don't know, then fine. But that doesn't, what it, that's not what it looks like to me. I mean, holy cow. Uh, like, there's something to be said about how cringy and nerdy Russell Wilson is. And, <laughs> You know, run a how, pass, run a pass. Yeah, how cringy and nerdy, you know, Tom Brady my is. I think run a pass. But I, how much you want to bet Russell Wilson, one of his guys, drops of receivers. He's not, oh, rolling his eyes, and oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. It's a part of the game. Russell like, Wilson's guys gonna, are going to make mistakes. He's going to run down the he's field be like, down the field hey, his, I, I've
0: dropped a pass, too. I've yeah. dropped a pass, too. i like, hey, don't me. worry that about it. perfect.
1: And Have you, you know, you ever done anything
0: dangerous?
1: Yeah, he's so weird, but that's the point. Um, Like, he is a he's a leader. Aaron Rodgers, he really isn't. He's no. kind of you know, I'm my own guy. I'm independent, yep. and that's fine. But like, when you're playing for a football team and you've got all these young guys around you looking for looking at you to tell them, oh, okay, what do I need to do better? Give me some guidance. Give me a little bit of leadership. They they need a leader. Yep. They need a leader. That's the one thing about this offense. They're so young. I mean, even their running backs are fairly young. I mean, Alan Lazard is like the old man on the wide receiver room, and even he's not that old. I
0: think he's like 27, 26. So
1: it's like if you're going to make this work and you really want to win it's like this is part of the reason why they can't win a Super Bowl. And yes, I get it. Like they've had some bad coaching moments with Mike McCarthy and even Defenses Matt LaFleur. Defenses weren't that good. But the truth is this. In the playoff time... Leadership is very important. I mean, so many guys are playing in the most important games of their entire career. Um, Like, think about Christian Watson. I made this point in one of the other podcasts. He's coming from an FCS situation. He has never played this many in front of this many fans in his life. He needs somebody there to tell him, Hey, guys, we're going to go down the field. We're going to score. We're all going to do this. Blah, 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 blah. Why do you think, you know, Tom Brady has had no problems, you know, throwing to Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, guys who weren't necessarily highly touted coming out of high school and became stars in the NFL because he's a leader. He knows how to, you know, tell these guys, make sure, you know, everyone's confident in the team. And I think that's kind of, you know, part of the thing that hinders Aaron Rodgers. He is the most beautiful passer we have ever seen. But he could use a little bit better leadership. And this team could use some better leadership. That's the only reason why they stuck around with the Patriots.
0: Yeah. Trevor Lawrence hasn't done or has done something yesterday. He did something yesterday that nobody else this century has done. He lost four fumbles. I. It is crazy to me that that was a one-score game and he turned the ball over five times. They got outgained like by like 200 yards. It was that's unbelievable. I don't know how that was a one-score game, but my point is is that Trevor Lawrence you've got to take better care of the ball. Yeah, his tackles suck. Uh, Jawan Taylor specifically was terrible. His front side tackle, the right the right tackle, was giving up constant pressure from the front. But Trevor was holding the ball in a position that was very easy to to um, smack out of his hands. Like he was holding it. Demonstration right here. Like he wasn't. He wasn't putting it in a spot away from defenders' hands where they could swat at it. So uh, it's a learning moment for him. He'll be okay, but you got to wonder that if he, you know, has maybe two fumbles instead of four, do the Jaguars win that game? I don't know. Maybe. It's a huge what if because obviously, the, like you said, the Eagles outgained them by 200 yards. It was wet, yeah. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, I, I was high on him. Uh, was it two weeks ago after the um, there was the Chargers game last Colts week, game, I, think. I think. It was the Colts game, yep, and then it was the Chargers game last week. Uh, he, he This one, he kind of looked more like he did against the Commanders in week one. It's not it's not a bad thing. He's young. He's going to have some ups and downs. Just pointing it out that uh, ball security, this was his one real bad game. He has had some issues with it um, already, but he's got to work on it. It's got to be a, 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 something of focus and he, unlike Aaron Rodgers, is a great leader, so he'll figure it out this week probably in practice. Yeah,
1: he is. And, you know, it's part of the reason why he's won at every level. And Aaron Rodgers, he's won one Super Bowl. Hey,
0: That is whatever. that is pretty impressive, though.
1: Um, I'll talk about the Eagles now. Um, the Eagles can beat any team in this league. Yeah, um, they're good. They're just really good. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of felt like, alright, don't overreact to the first three weeks. You know, like they still have a lot to prove, but like they pretty much physically, at least, dominated every game they've been in so far. Uh, against, like I said, the Jaguars last week, outgamed them 4 13 to like 213. Um, uh, commanders, they just dominated that game in general. Final score is 24 to 8. Total yards, 400 to 240. That was all
0: in the first half.
1: All in the first half, too. They scored 24 straight points in the second quarter. Uh, Vikings game. Completely dominated it start to finish, twenty four to seven. And I, I mean, believe
0: that was all first half too. Four eighty six to two
1: sixty four. Let's see how your lines did. I haven't actually looked yet. So it was
0: thirty eight thirty five. We no, I know, but like I don't know. What oh, uh, I think I think it was yardage wise it was pretty close, but uh, they got out to an early lead in the first half, and we were just able to claw our way back at the end. Four
1: fifty five to three eighty six Eagles. I mean. So this team, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, they're 3-1, they're doing this by circumstance. Oh, they're 4-0. Oh. You know, yeah, they're 3-0, oh. they're doing this, this four was last and week.
0: Oh, last week, 3-0, oh, oh, oh,
1: they're doing this by circumstance, who they play. They haven't really played a ton of great teams. Let's pump the brakes. They're good now, but when it comes playoff times, they're going... I'm here to tell you, when it comes playoff time, I'll take the Eagles just about yep. against anybody. I don't think, you know, they're a, oh, they're a one seed team and then they'll flake out in the playoff. They can beat anybody in this league. They are not only beating teams, they're dominating teams.
0: Yeah, I and mean their either, defense looks amazing. Either
1: by the score or by the yardage. They jumped out to a huge lead on you guys. I think it was 17 points. Yep. Killed yep. the Vikings. Killed the commanders. Completely outgained and the... the-
0: and the Jags had a Jag, uh, pick, pick six. six.
1: That was pretty much the only source of, you know, moving or of scoring they really had. And then they got a stop on fourth downs that they converted for a touchdown as well. So obviously they completely, you know, got so many turnovers, all that stuff. I get that. But at the end of the day, they were still the much better team. That's the point. Um, so we'll see going forward. Their schedule appears to be really easy. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not in this because I think, you know, the. Get the one seed to win the NFC East. I think they could lose the NFC East. Yeah. I think whatever may happen, happens. But at the end of the day, once they get to the playoffs, this team is as real as any in the NFC. I really believe that.
0: Um, the NFL's marketing in the NFL game or in the London games has been a little weird. If you didn't hear, this is the first time since 2000 I mean, in, in the was it this 15 years that the NFL has done London games, discounting 2020 that we're going to have two teams with a winning record. Mm. Like how how is how is the NFL like if you want to expand the game, put two of your best teams on the same field in London. Like, why are we putting the Why are the Jags and I know why, but why are the Jags playing the Falcons in, in, last year in London? Like, what are we doing? If you want to grow the game, you have to put some of your best teams over there. With that being said, they have gotten some really good results by playing by putting crappy teams over there. It's been it's been a lot of um close games that that have I the word I used was wacky like yesterday yesterday's game the the Vikings and Saints it was like, it was like I didn't get to watch the entirety of the game I watched the uh, most of the first half but it was like the ending of that game was there's just no other way to describe it I mean it was true Minnesota Vikings fashion they were about to blow the lead and then a, a double dunk yep it was like it was like I guess if you're going to put two mediocre teams it, like who you think are going to be mediocre when you schedule it over there. That's the best case scenario. I just don't understand why you're not putting your best teams over there. Like, I I just don't understand that. I
1: think part of it is because it's at 9 a.m. and it's like you're losing all of the West Coast audience, which sucks. And even, you know, the most diehard fans, you know, they're
0: at church. I guess it's just it. Yeah, I guess it's just the whole point of those games is to grow the international audience. It's not about I think that's
1: probably baloney for them, for the NFL, at least. I don't think so. The game. I don't think. All I, right. Well, I, what's that result? They get teams or kids from London.
0: No, they they expand over there. Uh, revenue share increases immensely. I don't know. We'll see, but because they've talked about expansion and, and yeah, I, I get everything you're saying, but. Uh, the the one thing that I thought was maybe is that you don't want your best teams to lose a home game, but at the same time they're probably getting compensated for it in some way. Yeah, I I don't know. I, mean, I just I, mean. I just feel like if you if you're really trying to grow the game, if that's your main purpose, which I thought it was, if it's not, fine. But if it truly is, I I don't understand. You knew that there was no thought that the Giants were going to be a good team this year. Luckily, they're three and one. But who thought that the Packers Giants was a good game to have over here?
1: And maybe it's that Englanders. But like, well, they, I, they'll I think, just
0: they'll just show up no matter what,
1: and maybe I was thinking more along the lines of like they're trying to get them to watch the game, not or just like that's the idea of going to London in the first place. But I think honestly, the problem is like we've seen this in basketball too. A lot of these countries have their sports just like we do. And that's what they want to do. England has soccer. That's their sport. That's what their football is. They love watching soccer. They're going to continue watching soccer. Same thing with like, like in the NBA, they're trying to go to Europe and, you know, Japan and stuff like that. And it's like Japan, they like baseball a lot. You know what I mean? Like that's their counterpoint.
0: 800,000 Germans signed up to uh, buy tickets to the game in Munich.
1: That's really cool.
0: So I, I, there's there's an untapped market there. I think I think it's definitely a growing game um, with the newer generations. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel I, and maybe it's just it. You, you can get away because it's because it's professional football and they haven't seen anything close to it over there. Mm. They will take whatever they can get. So uh, maybe that's what it is.
1: Pickett is shiny and new, but he doesn't solve any of the Steelers' problems I like Kenny Pickett. Um, I think he is. You know, they drafted him to be a classic Steelers quarterback. Make the throws we need you to. Don't really need to do a lot. Um, but, like, they need a dynamic piece in that offense. It's just something they don't really have. Now, he's a great fantasy player, but as a actual running back within this league, he's kind of just mediocre. I mean, if you look at his yards per carry numbers or even his yeah. ball carrier He's vision, not even a
0: very good fantasy running back this year. No, he's
1: not. It's like... Um, I, I don't know what he is. I, I think he's an average running back within this league. Other than that, I think, you know, he's just meh. The wide receivers, like, let's be real. It's George Pickens and Chase Claypool, but holy cow, that's a hey, below-average wide Johnson? receiver room. It's a it's a below-average wide We're receiver. You're just going to not talk about Deontay Johnson? He's just a speed guy. Um, tight ends, Pat Fryermuth was a bust. Whoa. And... What? Just messing with you. But as, a, as an offensive weapon, he's not going to be a top 10 tight end. No,
0: he doesn't. He doesn't have the athletic traits, but he had a pretty good. He, I think he went five for 78. I haven't this, checked. This past game. He um, was on my fantasy team, so that's how I, oh, okay. that's how I know.
1: <laughs> uh, and then the O line isn't good. It's just not good anymore. Um, it used to be fantastic, and you know they had dudes that's all the over weakness. there, but it, it's just not very good. And so they need. An answer there, like somebody who will make everyone better and be just that guy. And I, I don't even think like Kenny Pickett was drafted to be that guy. I no, mean,
0: it kind of felt weird. I, I think he was drafted to be like a Kirk Cousins type. I felt like they panicked. It was almost like we don't know what we're going to do at yeah, quarterback. We we'll just take one. We'll just take one.
1: And they go with Kenny Pickett. No other quarterback gets taken for like two rounds. That didn't really look good to me. Um, so. It was. It's a weird situation. And then he throws three picks. And then now. he they throws all he fault. ten for thirteen. Three picks. Like they. I think they had him in there. Like, oh well, he can't be any worse than Trubisky. He can. He Absolutely can. Yeah,
0: there was. I think at least one of them wasn't his fault. The first um, one wasn't his fault. Right. No, it was the one. Oh, where... Oh yeah, the
1: first one was the double. It cover. was the one where where that he
0: threw it. Trouble. It hit off the guy's hands. The guy's trailing and he catches it. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, but uh, three picks for Kenny Pickett. I don't think he solves their problems. They need somebody dynamic at that yeah. position. And I guess the thought process is, well, he's the most quarterback ready uh, player of anybody within that class last year. He'll be pretty good immediately. Well, three picks, but
0: we'll see. He was the most quarterback ready because the, the rest You're of right the class the sucked. Ready. Yeah, that's true. It was yeah, it was it was just not good. Um, my last takeaway. I, I was going to do a joke like Saquon is a top thirty-five quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. because because he played quarterback for a couple snaps um, when Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor both got hurt. But you, you brought up the draft, and I, I really I really want to talk about um, Aiden Hutchinson. He hasn't looked like the number two overall pick so far. Um, there was a Twitter thread um, from one of the one of the beat writers um, from the Free Press uh, about him so far and his his statistical production, sacks, QB hits, stuff like that, and. They've either, A, all come off of his teammates funneling uh, funneling the quarterback to him, or coming off of um, design pressure and stunts. He hasn't won... He's won one one-on-one battle that has resulted in a QB hit or pressure. It, it has not looked great so far, and in the run game, he keeps... He's trying to be too aggressive and do too much. He keeps getting washed out. He he he's made like I think like two plays in the run game that has been like there you go Aiden that's exactly what we want to see. A lot of it is just he's trying to do way too much in the run game and the pass game I just don't know if he's as a refined as refined of a pass rusher as I thought he was I don't know it's been kind of frustrating to watch so far because I saw it at Michigan I saw what he was able to do and it's also frustrating because half the fan base hates him because he went to Michigan because half the fan base is Michigan State fans and and every time he he has a bad game they talk about oh Aiden Hutchinson missing again. Oh, that's the – I saw so many times. That was the first time he's touched Kenneth Walker in his life <laughs> this week. I was like, guys, what, what the hell are you doing? He's on, He's a Detroit line now. You're supposed to support him. And so it's been frustrating to have that and his play not be, you know, up to expectation. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he'll figure it out. Let's um, hope. I just don't think that – I just don't know if the defensive coaching – is helping That's him. true,
1: too. I mean, he has the traits. Like, we saw it in the combine, and he has the craftiness as a pass rusher. I think part of it is this. When when you see younger guys, and ain't know it's just not, but when
0: you see rookie, rookies... <laughs> he's also getting double teams more than anybody on our too. team, and it's not even close. I, it, teams recognize that we have zero pass rush, and, and he's our maybe one source of it, and they're just going right after him.
1: Peyton Manning always tells a story of... When I first got into the league, you know, they always told me how fast the NFL was. And yep. he just, you know, completely oversold it and just tried to do way too much, all this stuff. Um, and maybe that's what's going on with A. Nodginson. It's, I think it might it's be. immediately, it's yeah. it, maybe it's a little bit mental. And he's just saying, all right, the NFL's really fast. I'm going to try and make a ton of plays. Rea- in reality, all he has to do is his job. He's just yep. got to move the, you know, tackle back, collapse the pocket, stay in your run lane, do what you can do because you're so physical. And even athletic, um, you'll figure it out. But I, yeah, I just think he's trying to you know live up to the hype. Maybe part of that is is that too? He's just trying to do too much yeah. in the run game. Like, all right, no. I want to prove I'm worthy of the top five draft pick. But, and it was
0: like, yeah, he had three sacks in the Washington game, but the Twitter thread yeah, it chronicled, of all, it chronicled of all of them. The yeah. two of them were one was an effort sack. The other one he just had Carson Wentz funneled right yep. to him, and then the third one he was oh, he was uh, a lane was open because we ran a stunt and our defensive tackle took three guys with him, and he had a clear he had a clear lane. It was like. Okay, yeah, you have three sacks. It shows up on the stat sheet, but w- what have you really done? I-, I don't know. People are overreacting a little, a little bit, but I also think that he's got to like either the coaching's got to help him figure it out, or he's gonna have to figure it out on his own, which is terrible to say. But the one play that really, that really crushed me is that he got washed down on a double uh, a double trap counter that the Seahawks ran on uh, third and fifteen that ended up scoring a touchdown. It was like. And it was like he didn't even put up a fight. His immediate reaction was, let me go inside because it looks like zone action that way. And he got completely washed out. So, yep. I don't know. It's not great. Uh, Lions defense is just pissing me off so much. Ben Johnson, however, our offensive coordinator, might be the best OC in in, in the league. Uh, seriously. It's, he is a genius offensive genius. He really is. I mean, with what we had available to us, the fact that we were able to score as many points as we did and move the ball as well as we did, I was I I, I don't know what it what it is, but he he's found Jamal Williams' fountain of youth too. Mm. Jamal Williams is not a explosive runner and he had a 51-yard touchdown. Hawkinson had an unbelievable yes, year. Yes, he did. Uh, he I I was about ready to call him a but I told Mike before, was it last week, that TJ Hawkinson's not a good tight end. He's a bust. He's a terrible pick. And wouldn't you know it, he has his career game. I yep. was like, you know what, I'll take it. I'll, I'd, I'd rather be wrong about him than right. Mm. So, you good? Um,
1: I would just like to say, you know, I'm sorry for making takeaway. We made a little bit takeaways too similar. You know what I mean? That's on me. Um, because I put myself on a one-week ban of talking about Cowboys, Cardinals, <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of people were wondering about that. I saw the games, loved it, loved what I, I was saw actually going to make a teams. takeaway about the Cowboys. Um, I, I really like the I, Cowboys, but I thought going you were going to take it, so I was like, "Love the Cardinals, how they looked in the second half." But I, hey, I just needed to take a deep breath. Now I talk. Trayvon had a pick, by the way. I love that, but I'll get into it later. I'll just, I'll right? just say this
0: about the Cowboys because I was going to make a ta- takeaway about this. Uh, their defense is going to be per is going to win them just as many games as they need to, to in order to make the playoffs. I'm going to be wrong about them. I thought they weren't going to make the playoffs. And part of that was because I thought the NFC was going to be a little bit better than it's looked so far. Uh, also part of it is because I just didn't realize how good that defense was going to be after losing Randy Ge- Gregory I thought that was, I thought that was going to be a huge loss. I was wrong. It just isn't uh, Michael Parsons is going to win defensive player of the year. He is that good. Um, even Trayvon has looked a lot better in coverage this year than he did last year. Um, I think a part of that comes with he's you know after last year he had he had a ton of interceptions he's like hey maybe I don't need eleven interceptions this year maybe it's better if I if I you know pick my spots a little bit uh, a little bit more carefully so that he doesn't get beat can, over the top you know I mean? and he and he can because he's got the athleticism too um, I mean we saw what one was it I I it was like it was last week's game. Um, against the Giants where he, he took like a huge dive in order to, and it went right through his hands. We were oh, like, oh yeah. my god. It was oh, so close. That should have been
1: pick six. But I think really what it comes down to with him, the difference between last year and this year, and I loved Trayvon last year. I think he had a fantastic year. I'll die by that. But I think it's just technical skill, really, at this point. I think he is so much more refined as a corner, and I think he's got better football IQ. So it's looking really good right now for for him. He's got two picks, and in coverage, he's been fantastic. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, but, yeah, I've been really Uh, impressed.
0: uh, People, including Vegas, were calling the demise of the Cowboys.
1: I mean, they were the most hated – well, one of the most hated teams within professional football, according to Vegas. When
0: Dak goes down, they win three straight games. Unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, they might – the Eagles have looked so good. I don't know if they can win the division, but I think they can definitely be, be interesting. I think they can definitely be the 5 seed. I think there's nothing stopping them. They look that good defensively. It's about whether or not they can figure it out, out offensively and if, you know, what we saw with Cooper Rush is any indication all all Kellen Moore has to do is call that exact same offense. Yeah. He doesn't have to do uh, do any more especially than that after, just because Dak's coming back
1: especially after losing Mark Cooper I, I said in the first episode like come on man run the ball it's there you were
0: going also, for so many yards of carry Noah Brown I, I I kept I was I kept hating on them for you know getting rid of a Mark Cooper and then getting rid of Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown is better than Cedric Wilson ever was and it's not even close that was that was such a good move by them and I just I didn't see it I just gotta give credit there Cedric
1: Wilson, yeah, he's having a tough go in Miami too. Well, he's like the number point. four receiver. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, it
0: was, just, <laughs> it was just a mess. He he had the opportunity to be the number, the number two in Dallas, and instead he's like the number four or five in Miami. And meanwhile, Noah Brown is going to have a career year. I mean, statistically, I think he's gonna he's having a better year than CD Lamb. I I think C.D. is it C.D.'s, close?
1: Is close though? Yeah, CD led the team in passing this week and last week. Um, I don't know about the previous two weeks though.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna check real quick. Okay.
1: Um but yeah CD's been actually really good. Uh week 1 was terrible but he's responded really nicely. So but Noah Brown's been a great
0: second They're option. close. Uh CD so far 23 catches 288 yards, two touchdowns. Noah Brown 18 catches 274 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. It's close, but having a one-two punch like that is really impressive. Yeah. Especially cuz I thought it was going to be CD Lamb and, no, and nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you now. Yep. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.